the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. This is going to be an important conversation today on the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, Paul Peck, and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. This is going to be the mother of all quarterback <laughs> off-seasons. Patent pending. Yeah, patent pending, the mother of all, we love mothers, of all quarterback off-seasons in the National Football League. So there's so much to dive into who's going to be available, what teams are going to get quarterbacks, who's willing to throw big money at Kirk Cousins, who's going to make trades, who's going to draft quarterbacks. Paul, it, my head's already none of spinning. This, none of this really ever happens, Mike, which is why it's the mother of all quarterback off-seasons, because every year you go into free agency and there's very little that's ever available that makes you even be mildly excited about the position. Yeah, right. It's been... It's been sort of a long time coming, I think, right? We've seen in the past three to four years, teams start to start to realize that veteran quarterbacks are too expensive or veteran quarterbacks are more injury prone. And, you know, we had the situation in Dallas, which was obviously lightning in a bug and Tony Rome was now on TV. But that was a, that was a decision they had to make, right? They, had, they, they took a substantial amount of dead cap to keep Tony Romo off the roster. You know, we had a situation with Brock Osweiler where Denver just said no, you know. <laughs> And clearly that was the right call, except for now they're back to square one again. But this was sort of coming. There, there, are, there are franchises have been making the decision on quarterbacks that hasn't been made before, where, where maybe five, six years ago it was, this is our guy, we're going to pay him, and he's going to do the job, or you know we're not going to win. So we're at a point now, almost a breaking point now, where we've got a mix of youth plus kind of middle-of-the-road guys plus some really nice guys at the top of the list who are all kind of culminating to this offseason where – I'm not sure any of it's going to matter to you know the big big teams, right? Are, are those teams really going to be affected by how this this pans out? Maybe, maybe not. Is anybody going to get substantially better because of this offseason? That's a question to talk about. Yeah. Because how quickly can you know a new guy come in and turn a franchise around? And who's going to stay? Who <laughs> you know who, who? Which of these players aren't going to leave their current franchise? Whether that's the team's decision or the player's decision. But yeah, there's 14 quarterbacks that we've identified on Spot Track on, on the latest article. And uh, they're all we're talking about, really. All right, Kirk Cousins is the one that's uh, most talked about. Matter of fact, I was I was just in Washington uh, this past weekend, and Earl Forsey hosts a Redskins pregame show. I uh, was working with him, and I bring up Kirk Cousins. He's like, just stop. Just stop. He's not going anywhere. Um, you know, they're going to keep him. Um, that was his opinion on that. What do you think with Kirk Cousins, and is what happens with Kirk Cousins, does that dictate what happens with everybody else? Yes and no. I, I'm Kirk Cousins is sort of on his own island here where he's been paid a ton of money already. Right? He's already made $44 million the last two years to be a, the Redskins quarterback. So he's got all the leverage right now. Okay, because because you know a guy like me who looks at the business side of this looks at a, a third franchise tag at $34 million and thinks, no way. I mean, there's no way the Redskins can allocate 20% of their salary cap to their quarterback, even if it's, that's the most important position. That's and just, a quarterback who has been sure, good but sure. not great Hasn't has only taken them to the playoffs once in his three years as a starter. That's right. There's some Redskins fans who would rather have Jay Schrader back <laughs> than Kirk Cousins. Just wanted to work Jay Schrader into the You're project. dating yourself again, well Kevin. <laughs> right. So, so where do I stand on Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins, in my opinion – will not be at the Washington Redskins next year. This is going to be a divorce this March. Uh, you know, Obviously, they've had plenty of chances to sign him to a long-term extension. It, maybe that comes. Maybe that's in the works right now. I've heard nothing you know, to lead me to believe that's happening. 
Uh, but Kirk Cousins is going to get paid. He's got all the leverage. He can say no to Washington at this point. He can certainly walk into free agency in March, and there will be teams. Now, now will there be as many teams as might have been last year or two years ago? No, because we've got this market of 13, 14 quarterbacks that that, that clearly teams who need a quarterback can, can look at seriously in mm-hmm. terms of a veteran or a, a younger guy in, in addition to a draft pick. So there's an awful lot of choices for teams to look at. So Kirk Cousins' value isn't as high as it probably should be. I mean, we haven't had a, a player of his caliber, even if he's not a great player, you know. We haven't had a player of his caliber hit the market since maybe Drew Brees, you know. A, a right. situation where Brees wasn't loved in San Diego. He wasn't. And Brees he wasn't was coming option. off what some thought was a potential career-ending injury right. at the a time. So it's almost not even a really a great comparison. Right. So Cousins has done more than that. He he's been healthy. You know, he he's put up production. He's, his stats are there. I mean, he's a he's a bona fide starting quarterback in terms of his production. So he just needs a better situation, and he's got all the leverage. He's got, he's got the decision to make. He he knows how much money he's worth because they've already paid him two years of of top money. So we we've, we've laid out a situation where some team can throw you know twenty five million plus per year for Kirk Cousins. That's going to happen if he's able to walk into March. He's going to get twenty five million a year just because that's where quarterback pay is. That I mean that's not even the top pay, right? That's not even where we are yet. We're we're in a situation where you know Matt and Ryan and Aaron Rodgers are going to be nearing thirty million a year within the next eighteen months. So. You know, we're not we're not talking about making him the highest paid quarterback in football, but he's going to get you know top tier elite pay. We're talking you know fifty million at least in the first two years, possibly in the first year. Wow. All right. So, but so so. And by, and by the way, before um, all these are broken down, it's a fantastic piece at SpotTrack.com and the scenarios um, that SpotTrack.com and Mike have done on the contracts that these quarterbacks will get. So. On the Kirk Cousins front, if there's no long-term deal in the mix, which doesn't appear that it's going to be. In Washington. In right. Washington. Yeah. Franchise, transition, nothing. Well, what, so, what are the Redskins? The Redskins still still have some of the power here. They, they do in that they can transition tag him, which is $28 million, or they can franchise tag him, which is $34 million. Would they do the former? Possibly. You know, six months ago, that, that might have been a way they, they were leaning in terms of that $28 million transition tag. Here's the problem with that. If, if you transition tag Kirk Cousins, that's like a restricted free agent, right? So other teams can throw an offer sheet out there. Washington has an X amount of days to match that. That's going to happen. That's, that's essentially the same thing as putting him on the market at that point because some team, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, with ample cash and ample cap Way space. more cap room than, right. than, the Brown, than the Redskins could ever match. They're going to highball it. They're going to highball it to a situation where only they can do it because they know Washington can't and won't. So mm-hmm. Washington's putting themselves in a position to not win there by transition tagging him. He's not going to play on $28 million next year. Right. right? He's not, he, he's, <laughs> Any trade possibilities at all? I, I'd say no at this point. I think, uh, you know, if they were to tag him and try to trade him, why? Why at that point? Right. Why would another well, team do that? Right, they don't want him for one year. Well, because they, well, maybe you've got a better shot than via a trade than negotiating in free agency with him because he's already. Especially if you're worried about yeah. Cleveland throwing fifty million dollars at right. him in the first year, and you can't do that, you might want to try to get in there. But if you're the Redskins, don't you don't you gain more in compensatory picks when if he signs via free agency and you don't sign, uh, you know, player to if you don't sign Drew Brees if for some reason the Saints don't want him back. I know they don't want their safety back, but if they don't, <laughs> oh. That uh, we have to get to that, but at some point. But anyway, um, 
they'll, they'll get something by losing him in, in compensatory picks in the draft in 2019. Uh, they'll get that. But, yeah, I, I think for, you know, for your Washington, you haven't won anything with him. So if you're losing him. Jay Gruden pretty, made that pretty clear in right. his postseason press conference so, without saying it, how good it really is. We didn't make the playoffs. What sure. are you really losing? Right? I'm well, just, you're I'm, losing a starting quarterback. Now you got to go get another one, which but, ten, now takes you into what do we do next? There's nobody to throw to in Washington. I, I can't imagine he wants to stay there. He has nobody to throw to in Washington because Washington's salary cap is full of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and, Good point. Also, well, isn't that a problem for the next team that signs him? It's it is a problem unless they do they structure it in a way similar to how I've laid it out here, which is tenable cap hits over the over five years. Let's be let's be honest, it's a three year deal, right? Right. He, yes. They can get out of it after three years, but it's a max amount of money for three years, structured in, in a way that the cap hits aren't crazy. I mean, they're less. The the two cap hits I have laid out over eighteen and nineteen are less than the franchise tag he just he just played on in the last year. So. This was always the better business way to do it in terms of Washington's structure and their cap and keeping Kirk Cousins their quarterback. This is this is just the way some team has to go. This is this is the way you you handle a high paid salary on your on your roster. You structure it so that cap can spread out, but you do it so that you're not dealing with guaranteed money down the road. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you structure it so that it's kind of a pay as you go system. A lot of teams are are doing this now. And uh, look, look, obviously it's something Kirk Cousins will agree to. He's done it for two years. He, he's he's been on one-year pay-as-you-go tenders for two years now. So he's got leverage, but a team with a ton of money can, can structure a really nice deal to bring him in, let him do his thing, pay him you know $70 million for three years, and then let him loose. Where do you think he goes? I think it's the Cleveland Browns all day. With a huge amount of money up front. I be, do. I think the Cleveland... Northern guarantee they get him, and because they can, and he's a Midwest guy, so um, he may be willing to go up there. I, I, think, I think Cleveland has... All of the assets in place. They, they they have an offense that's getting better. They've got draft assets to make it better this year. They've got a good offensive line, which they addressed last year in free agency. That's getting better. They might have to replace Joe Thomas, the left tackle, who who took an injury last year and, and is on the, the wrong side of father time. But but they are an up-and-coming franchise. Yes, I realize I'm talking about a team that didn't win any games this year. <laughs> but, but the signs are pointing in the right direction. And Kirk Cousins can fix the quarterback position this year. He, he, he's a bona fide, experienced starter. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. But he can come in. He can run an offense. He's a gunslinger, so he, he's mm-hmm. going to be exciting in terms of, of making your offense better. He, he would love a weapon like Josh Gordon, let's be honest. He's, he hasn't had a Josh Gordon in three years. Now they so, have the Browns, by the way. What's that? Now they have the Browns. <laughs> that's, for, that's for a different story. <laughs> but uh, Kirk Cousins is an upgrade for the Browns. They have the money to get him. They can throw a, a silly front-loaded deal like Matthew Stafford just got in Detroit and kind of blow out the competition right off the bat, and I think that's the end point. All right, so as we continue uh, talking about the other quarterbacks, the reason why this goes beyond just Kirk Cousins, and you've identified the following potential guys that are going to be free agents this year. Drew Brees, Case Keenum, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, Sam Bradford, all essentially starting quarterbacks at various points this season. Now, all that said, I think your follow-up here, Mike, is that while they, while guys like Breeze and Garoppolo are going to free, be free agents, technically they're really not going to be free. Yeah, let's just take them off the board right now. There's no indication that Breeze is going anywhere. That I think he said after the uh, loss yeah. that, that um, I'll be back next year. I'll yeah, tell you what, it, he and the play, if you, if you didn't think Drew Breeze was good, 
before this year's playoffs. You were, you weren't paying attention. Right. And I, then why phenomenal. would he want to leave? He, he's in a perfect oh, situation there. He's so great. It's worth talking about though because it, there's a there's a unique situation with his contract that's going to make this a little bit of an arduous process. Now, if you remember, it, it took a while to get last year's extension done. They did a one year extension, but it was it was past the the point of of free agency. So. Uh, they've taken their time with Breeze, and, and really what they did is they structured an extension last time that hurt them this time. So Breeze has $18 million in dead cap right now without a contract. That, that's going to void, and the $18 million will remain with the Saints. So here's how they alleviate that. Even if they re-sign him, they still have to deal with that. No, that's how they alleviate it. So by signing him to at least a three-year deal right now, they can spread that $18 million out $6, $6 million over the next three years. Now that's... That's just the start. That's without any new money, right? So if they give him another signing bonus and, and new salaries, obviously, that's going to add on top of that $18 million. So they're going to have to be really you know, smart about how they structure this extension, or they're going to have $35 million cap hits you know, for, over the next couple of years. So it, you know, I, I've laid out a scenario where there's a three-year $75 million extension with $50 million plus guaranteed, basically two years fully guaranteed for Drew Brees. There's a small signing bonus. I've got a $15 million signing bonus to go with that. Just because you have to, you have to pay Drew, Drew Brees thirty million dollars this year. You just right. do. I mean, he's right. he's a however you're going to get there. It's it. got to be there. Yeah, you know, he's going to walk in the door and say, "Make it work. I need thirty million. You know, I want to be on this team for at least another year." So, you know, the the, the way I've kind of laid it out is, is one way to do it. But you, you know, you're still looking at a thirty one million dollar cap hit next year in 2019, two years from now. So, is that going to be tenable? You know, will the, will the salary cap be 185 million in two years? I, I think maybe it's actually going to be a bazillion. Oh, is that is that the word? Yeah, no, that's the NBA actually. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, so yeah, he's staying there. I mean, he, he's definitely staying. It's just going to be a matter of making the math work, and uh, you know they're going to take the next month and get that done. For all sure. right, Garoppolo, um, he's not going anywhere. San Francisco did not give up what they gave up to get him. Uh, franchise tag likely there, or a long term deal, obviously. Uh, franchise tag definitely for sure. You know, as soon as possible, within a minute of the <laughs> of the window opening, they'll they'll be franchise tagging him. Um, they may exclusively franchise tag him, actually, just to make sure nobody can throw their, you know, like Cleveland can throw their hat in the ring. Um, that's actually a pretty smart way to go in terms of making sure that he's on the roster. Um, and Cleveland did want him. Oh, yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, there was reports. Patriots just didn't have any interest in trading well, him there. Yeah. there. If you believe all the reports that Belichick would not trade him to Cleveland. Right. Um, now, was that because they didn't want him in the AFC? Or probably. Or is that because he had an axe to grind with Cleveland? Maybe still? both. Maybe both. <laughs> but, uh, probably both. But sure. more likely, Belichick wouldn't want to trade him. You know, again, it's fascinating. Belichick will trade a quarterback within the division if he's not really worried about having to play him two years. Drew Bledsoe to the Bills would be the yeah. example of that. Um, but if he is worried about him, he's going to want to get him as far away as possible and only have to see him, what, twice every eight, every four years. That tells me that's why he wound up in San Francisco. Well, I think it's interesting that he's going to about to let his offensive coordinator go to Indianapolis, though. <laughs> we'll see how that works Well, out. <laughs> I, probably clause in those contracts for those uh, positions that if you can become a head coach, you've got to let yeah, him go. Yeah, I mean, really, there's franchise. no control over that. I yeah. mean, and, and I think some of that is Belichick want these guys have been good yeah. soldiers for him, and he's going to let them go where they need to go. That's an owner-to-owner deal, too, right? I mean, the ownership's a group. Hey, look it, you know, I want to hire your guy to be a head coach. You've got to let him go. If you don't let him go, then you're never going to get a guy to coach for you. That's right. Frankly, right. so uh, which makes right. that fascinating. All right, so Garoppolo stays there. Case Keenum, to me, is fascinating. Very interesting. Because if they did Case Keenum, right? I mean, even before the playoffs, you're like, ah, oh, boy, it's, it's, he, it's, it's going to stay He's shown there. nothing in his previous right. career to make you think this was the kind of season he would have. And because of one wacky play 
I'll just say, I, I want to be fair to, to the safety, Williams. I, I'll just call it a wacky play, all right, to be kind here. All right, because of one horrible defensive play, what the hell was the guy thinking? Case Keenum now is a quarterback in Minnesota. How can you not have the guy? There, uh, there are a lot of people, myself included, who think that wacky, crazy play may have scored Case Keenum $23 million. Sure it did. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think you you get your your team into the NFC Championship and a, and a and a chance to play a home Super Bowl, right? <laughs> and and there's no way they let him walk. I, I'm pretty positive they're going to franchise tag him at least to keep him in the fold and designate him. And as it makes the starting sense, Mike, because I think there are still some questions whether he can do that two years in a row or not. So by franchise tagging him, you sort of alleviate yourself of having to worry that if he goes back to being the Case Keenum that was cut twice by two different teams, then you're not locked into him on a long-term deal. Yeah, there's a chance that this was always going to be the plan, right? That this was, you know, he's the guy, he, he he's the soldier who's taken us this far, and we're, we're going to run with him in 2018 no matter what. Just just because they're, they've gutted their quarterback depth at this point, so they're they're going to have to rebuild from from the ground up anyway. Uh, I, I think it's it's set in stone at this point. You know, he's going to be the twenty three million dollar franchise tag. It's going to be the one year deal. I don't think they'll get a, a deal done with him. I don't think they'll look to extend him in maybe mid season. Like maybe you know maybe you need six. To, weeks I think in. you need to see it more sure, again. Sure. You need to see it again, right? Sure. You, you need to worry that the league doesn't catch up with him or that their defense doesn't take a step back, and now it's back on his shoulders, and he may not have the capability of doing it. Does that keep Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota with a if you just franchise tag um, Case Keenum? Does that keep Teddy Bridgewater there? It doesn't. Uh, I think I think Minnesota is going to give Bridgewater every chance to start somewhere else. I think he's earned that right, and, and you know that's a beloved figure in that in that city. Um, I, I'll tell you where I like him, and it's not going to be a good chance to start, but I, I like him in Houston. I like him backing up Deshaun Watson, maybe a little bit of a veteran presence, maybe a chance to compete for that job if if Watson's not healthy to start the year. Uh, that's a little bit back and forth. They're similar players. They're similar injuries. Sure, but uh, that I like. I like him as sort of a figure in, on that Houston. You don't think there's a market for Bridgewater to go start somewhere with the with the, so many teams needing quarterbacks? I've got a article with 14 quarterbacks here, and none of them is Teddy Bridgewater. So I, I think there are so many options that a guy like that with injury history, I can't even find a place for Sam Bradford on this list. He, he's here, but I'm not sure he's a starting quarterback. In no, I don't think he is anymore. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah. I can't imagine a team is willing to make a commitment to Sam Bradford based on his inability to stay healthy. And frankly, his performances have been up and down even when he has started. I think he's headed towards being a backup. But a, but he, Sam Bradford's the kind of guy who's a backup who will wind up starting for you. Right? The Jets. He'll be the Jets quarterback. He could be. Um, he, could, he could be the Jets quarterback uh, next year. By the way, I, I – Case Keenum and Nick Foles are going to be the starting quarterbacks yes. in the NFC Championship game, right? Teammates um, with the St. Louis Rams. Right. And they were moved um, because of Bradford, correct? That's right. That's right. In both cases. In both cases, yeah. yes. And and in, and obviously in Wentz, too. And I, and I think I'm right when I say both Keenum and Foles were cut twice by the St. Louis Rams. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah it's all come full circle. Full circle. And it was a really cool thing. They I, I saw this piece uh um, social media, John Gruden in his quarterback camp when they come out, which he won't be doing anymore because now he's the coach of the, the Raiders. Quarterback camp will be Raiders training camp. Yeah, it will be Raiders training camp. And he had Case Keenum in there, and he's talking to him, and he just goes, you know what? Draft position's not going to matter for you. Someone, You're going to get a chance someday, kid. 
Case Keenum, you're going to get a chance someday. Don't you worry about it. And he's got he's got his chance here in his moment moment in the sun. All right, so we've uh, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown. Those are other uh, potential free agent quarterbacks. Cutler's gonna, I would think, yeah. goes back to being retired, and McCown only sits around and waits for someone to be so desperate to have no other choice but to bring him in as a and a doubtful as All a right. starter. Alex Smith. And, oh, and, All right, so now now yeah. to the guys who aren't free agents. Yeah. These are these are quarterbacks but likely to be moving. They're on the bubble, and I'm going to go to the list here, and it's an interesting list: Alex Smith, Blake Bortles, which I don't know if his fate has changed from what he. By the way, that was not the Blake Bortles that played against Buffalo in the playoffs. That was uh, unbelievable. Well, uh, it might be the Blake Bortles against New England this weekend that might be much like the one from the first playoff. Yeah, game. Well, you had Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton's an interesting name, Eli Manning, Nick Foles, Mike Glennon. So let, let's start with Alex Smith uh, here, former number one overall pick, thirty three years old. Someone's going to get Alex Smith, and they're going to like to have Alex Smith. Yeah, so Alex Smith has been an interesting figure since before 2017, really, because the, the Chiefs obviously took the draft pick and Patrick Mahomes. A lot of smoke was made in terms of Smith's future this year. He had a nut, really great start to 2017. He was an MVP candidate halfway through this year. Right. So then the Chiefs and him both kind of curtailed off, and obviously there was a first-round exit. So we're in, a, we're in a holding point with the Chiefs at this point because not only is Alex Smith kind of on the bubble, but the entire roster is on the bubble at this point. They are in cap hell. They are in negative cap space right now. So really the, that front office is just kind of looking at every facet of that roster to figure out what to do. Well, I can tell you right now, they can they can clear $17 million by removing Alex Smith from the, from the fold. So are they going to have trade candidates? That's, that's really the question here. Is to me, to me, it's not will they release or trade him. It's which one will they do. Uh, I, I'm worried that a trade won't be available because of these options. Because there's so much here, there's so much in the draft supposedly. Right. Um, I'm wor- I'm worried that a trade won't be plausible. Uh, it won't matter financially to Kansas City. It'll be really just about getting something for Alex Smith at this point. Um, so if, if it's going to be a trade, you know, the assets aren't going to be great. The return's not going to be great. I mean, let's be fair. You don't, you don't think they can get, uh, a, a pretty good draft pick for a legitimate starting quarterback or does everybody just think they're going right. to know they're going to cut him? Could Buffalo get a draft? Well, pick for you know, I've heard Taylor? some speculation. Well, no, I'll, I'll you mentioned Buffalo and, and certainly there's some speculation that this could be a, a place for him. Would, would the bills take the draft pick that they got from the chiefs in the trade last year, which would be 22nd overall and wheel that back to Kansas city for Alex Smith? No, <laughs> no, I know. I haven't spoken. Well, no, I, I, I think that would be, I think they got that draft pick with a chance to get one of these quarterbacks but in if the you, draft. But, but, but from, from when you look at a, a Buffalo example at 21 and 22, to have to go up in to get one of those quarterbacks in the top 10, you're going to have to give those two picks up, maybe one if not both of the seconds that the Bills have. And frankly, the discussions may very well take you to next year's number one. So if you're a team like Buffalo and you're like, boy, we like Darnold, Rosen, but we don't love him or we don't love him enough to give all of that up to go get him. If we can offer Kansas City back its first round pick to get Alex Smith to be our quarterback for the next two years, all right. How much better is Alex Smith? That's right. Than Tyrod Taylor, uh, right. better but not a lot. Okay, is, in my so, opinion, so yeah, I but better. I mean, he's better. You, you know, I mean, he, he, Alex Smith had a really good year this year. You can you can debate, and I think that's what's going on in Kansas City. Whether there's a ceiling for Alex Smith, he only gets you so far. But if you're not pushing that ceiling like the Chiefs are, then there's a there could be a lot of space between where you are and the ceiling. So, th- so the only way I think a trade really does happen, really, is 
if there's a team who just knows they can't they can't reach, they're not a high draft pick. They're not they're not going to be one of those top draft quarterbacks, and they're obviously out in Kirk Cousins. Maybe they're out on a couple of the other players, right? To me, the, the the franchise that ends up with Alex Smith is the Arizona Cardinals. That that's a situation where they just lost their veteran quarterback. They've got a decent receiving core, right? But they're going to be rebuilding a lot of that team. I think Alex Smith is a nice fit for multiple years, not just the one-year rental deal. I think I think he's a, a band-aid for them over the next three to four seasons as they kind of restructure and figure out their feet and figure out what they're doing. Um, but they need to keep Larry Fitzgerald happy right now. That he's he's on a one-year extension. He he's probably contemplating retirement right now because of the situation at hand. So I think Alex Smith is a, a good fit for that kind of a franchise who's defensive heavy needs a needs a better offense. Obviously, a younger offense. 33 is not old for a quarterback. It's not, you know, and he's shown consistency. He can have four or five more years as a starter. No question. So I think a team like that who, you know, it, they haven't, they've done nothing to get themselves younger in terms of that, that quarterback position. They've done nothing. They've swung and missed. They, I mean, they've been rolling with, you know, Whedon and Drew Stanton over the last couple of years mm-hmm. just to kind of replace Carson Palmer. So to me, that's the franchise where Alex Smith ends up. Is that a trade? Maybe. Uh, I just don't think with this market that a trade is viable. I think teams will wait out releases. All right, you have Andy Dalton on this list. Yep, and that he's thirty years old. Um, made a uh, a great play in the playoffs. Made a lot of news uh, because of getting Buffalo into the playoffs mm-hmm. with the pass that he threw. Um, saved Marvin Lewis's job with that play. Uh, we've got a two year extension. I mean that that pass did so many uh, different things for the Bengals and and children. Um, need and for a Buffalo franchise. So why is Andy Dalton uh, on the bubble? Andy Dalton has always been on my bubble for 2018. Uh, you mentioned Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis is probably a reason that Andy Dalton isn't on the bubble anymore. Because my thinking was, with, with the way that Cincinnati season was trending, was that everything was going to just kind of break down and blow up in, in Cincinnati this year. So it, that didn't happen, you know, for whatever reason. But Marvin Lewis is still here. Uh, they're going to blow up some pieces for sure, but at this point, I would say Andy Dalton is trending away from the bubble just because... But he's on the bubble because of the other guy they have on their roster, right. I think. That's right. So the, the, the only point to make in terms of Dalton right now is that A.G. McCarron has a unique situation coming up here in the next month. February 15th, he has a court date where he has appealed his free agency status. Uh, he, he was a non-football injury participant his first year. Which where a situation is where they, they essentially pay him a, a prorated salary, but he doesn't accrue that year. So technically speaking, he is a restricted free agent right now. Well, he has appealed that, and he is trying to make himself an unrestricted free agent because he wants to play football, <laughs> and, he hmm. cert- and he hasn't had the chance to do that. Um, so if A.J. McCarron is deemed a, a restricted free agent in February, that would give a month for the Cincinnati Bengals to kind of figure out what their future is. Because if they like him and if they think he's a potential quarterback of their future, even with Marvin Lewis in the fold now, I think there's a situation where, you know, maybe they pen him to a new deal, extend him for a couple of years, give him a little bridge contract, and Andy Dalton is thrown by the wayside at that point. So to me, that's the only scenario where Dalton is probably off this roster in 2018. And uh, that'll be deemed in February 15th. And remember, there was nearly a trade for A.J. McCarron to the Cleveland Browns yeah. for play with his old head coach, Hugh Jackson. So if a- that could be in the mix as well, too. Maybe Cleveland decides that's the direction they want to go. Or maybe another quarterback needy team comes to Cincinnati and says, we'll make you an offer. We want A.J. McCarron either 
whether he's an unrestricted free agent or not. It's interesting. I mean, there's the names just keep piling up in this quarterback list. It's it's really an unbelievable offseason. All right, let's get to some more of them then. Uh, Blake Bortles, I think, is we can move through Blake probably quicker than we could a couple weeks ago. Yeah, six weeks ago, Blake Bortles was cut. He was released. He was he was not going to hit, make nineteen million dollars in Jacksonville next year. Uh, it's really hard to say no now. It's really hard to say that he won't be back. I don't think they'll extend him. Um, you know, I've said if they're going to keep him, they should extend him. I'm off that now. I think the, a nineteen million dollar one year deal essentially is what it's going to be. Um, similar to Case Keenum, right? Case, mm. Case Keenum has done enough. Prove it. Blake Bertles Prove has done enough in 2017. He's going to have to show that he's improved consistently um you know we talked about the last two weeks they've been yin and yang right in terms yeah. of Blake Bortles so I think a one-year 19 million dollar fifth-year option year is perfect for Jacksonville to see what they have one more time and we'll probably be talking about this again next year Tyrod <laughs> Taylor Tyrod Taylor I'm the only person on an island I think right now that thinks the Bills should keep Tyrod Taylor for one more year but uh and that's just business that's just business because the Bills are certainly going to take a quarterback in the draft this year there's no question about that you're, well, talk, you're talking to Alex Smith. There, there may be a, another veteran out there for them, but that's going to cost them assets. That's going to cost them money. They've already allocated eight, sixteen and a half million to to Tyrod Taylor in terms of salary this year, for next year. Eighteen million against the cap. Those are average numbers. That's that's nothing money in terms of the quarterback position, and and it sure looks like they're going to need a quarterback to start 2018 next year that's not coming out of the draft because it doesn't seem likely that they're going to reach high enough to get those top two quarterbacks, which are bona fide starting quarterbacks in the league, we think. So if, if I'm looking at Tyrod Taylor, I think he's on a nice one-year $16 million deal with the Buffalo Bills to kind of bridge the gap before they figure out where they're going in the next two years. But all the signs out of Buffalo certainly sound like Tyrod Taylor's tenure is done there. So does he have a starting job next year? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if Tyrod Taylor has shown enough. He's been inconsistent. He's uh, he's certainly got a ceiling in terms of his passing ability. Um, he's been injury prone now a couple times and certainly took a, a heck of a hit in his last game here in the playoffs. But uh, I'm not sure. I think maybe he's an odd man out in terms of this list and in terms of starting quarterbacks in 2018. But uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if Buffalo does make the move. All right. How about the Giants and Eli Manning? And if the reports are accurate, they're going to hire Minnesota's Pat Shermer as their head coach, which means he may be more inclined to want to bring Bradford or Bridgewater right. in. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we keep the names rolling. That's why it's the mother of all off seasons for quarterbacks. Yeah, Eli Manning and Paul brings up a great point with Pat Shermer there. No question. Uh, the Giants are obviously restructuring that offense right now and, ter- and, their, and their front office as well. So will Eli Manning want to be around for this is really what I'm thinking. I'm thinking less about the Giants wanting to do this and more about wh- what does Eli want to do right now because I think he's probably earned that decision in terms of where he wants to be in, over the next two years. Uh, I, I think there's a very good chance Eli Manning is on the trade block. We've talked about trades with Alex Smith and a couple of guys. Uh, Eli Manning is, is probably going to be – traded this year i think eli manning's tenure in, in new york is done he's being traded to denver i, I think that's probably yeah, right how about that i Makes think that's no probably sense, right I, I i've sort of left denver off this list because that's always been in the back of my head that eli is going to end up there um he'll have some shoes to fill <laughs> with his brother yeah, but uh used to that that's right used um that. I, but i do think that's going to happen I, i'm sort of limping into that conversation because it's it's not an easy move for the giants to make because i'm not sure they have their quarterback of the future yet either so like you said will, will Shermer bring one of his guys from minnesota 
are one of these other options that we've talked about, you know, headed for New York this offseason. But I, I do think Eli gets moved this offseason. All right, and a couple other names to wrap all this up. Uh, Mike Lennon may go down as the like the most overpriced, worst quarterback signing ever. But I understand that that the Bears had to get a quarterback in case they couldn't get who they wanted in the draft. But when they did, then that made Mike Lennon useless. Yeah, so I, I put Mike Lennon on this list just so you remembered he still had a contract next year because <laughs> three weeks into 2017, it, it almost – there wasn't a need for one, but yeah, the, the Bears are going to pay him $18.5 million uh, over the course of the past 12 months just to have him for a couple games and uh, toss him aside. And uh, That guy should be sending his agent like the best bottle of scotch at no, Christmas wait year till he gets year. An, wait until somebody else signs him to start this year. Wait till he does that. You know who he owes the money to is John Elway. Because when John Elway said no to Brock Osweiler, it put Brock Osweiler on the market where there has never been a quarterback that young with that much ceiling on the market in the past five years, right? And Osweiler got $72 million from Houston, and that's the, that's the contract that all of these kind of no-name quarterbacks are being based off of, right? That $18 million per year, that's exactly what Glennon got, right? That, that's the number that, that these kind of backup quarterbacks who are finally getting their chance, we're talking about A.J. McCarron, right? That's, that's sort of the number. That's, that's the framework that Brock Osweiler contract is, was sort of like the start of all of this. So, yeah, the Glennon deal was was nuts in hindsight. I mean, and I mean, they turned around t- two weeks later and drafted Trubisky. So, yeah. you know, somewhere <laughs> there was right. a disconnect between free agency and the draft in terms of where the Bears were going. Um, and yeah, that'll go down as one of those head scratchers for sure. And then the other, the last one to talk about is is wherever Nick Foles takes the Eagles, which potentially could be to a Super Bowl championship. He he his tenure is done for next year when Carson Wentz comes back. So, what happens to Nick Foles? Nick Foles is very interesting because Nick Foles has a lot of starting experience. Nick Foles has bounced around, but he's started. He's played football wherever he's been. So, you know, obviously his ceiling is not as high as many of these names we've talked about today, but he's a viable quarterback. And what I've got him labeled at is that bridge guy, right? So, so let's say the Bills move on from Tyrod Taylor, right, as many speculate. Nick Foles might be a perfect little one-year cheap deal for the Bills who need a starting, veteran starting quarterback to get them through this draft process where they're going to take a, you know, a first-round pick probably and, and try to groom him into the, the, the franchise quarterback. Nick Foles isn't, isn't going to cost near as much as an Alex Smith would cost or you know, an Andy Dalton would cost in theory. So, so you're looking at a situation where he might be a really good plan B option for a, a couple of these teams who – you know, maybe things don't work out exactly like they want this offseason, and, and he just sort of falls in all that. It is going to be fascinating to see where the quarterbacks land this offseason, uh, the draft, uh, pre-draft quarterback moves, post-draft quarterback moves, moves with quarterbacks at the draft. It's going to be great. Now, all the important dates are laid out there on SpotTrack.com in uh, the quarterback piece, so make sure you go on there and check all of that out. As you can see, I mean, we've gone over a half an hour here with the discussion on just those quarterbacks, and there are more potential to be some that even pop up uh, even more. So um, check it all out at SpotTrack.com, something we'll certainly follow along in the offseason. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast. For Mike Gennetti. From SpotTrack.com, Paul Peck from Paul Peck. I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening.